Chalk Nation, what's up? We are back. We're going to be talking about the evolution of training today. As you guys know, I'm a fucking huge training nerd. I'm also here with another training nerd, Coach Tommy Palms. Say what's up. What up? All right, guys. So basically what I wanted to hit today was not only just the evolution of training, but also like all of the things that made these eras like super, super cool. And then also like what happened during other eras of training that kind of like made it go out of style. And then on top of that, where are we going now? You know what I mean? I think everyone's excited about like where is everything going now? And then what was it about the other eras that just didn't work out? And uh, we're going to hit all that stuff. So first and foremost, let's hit it with like the old – so the, we were thinking about starting the podcast off with like the golden era of Arnold. And then I was like, you know what? Let's hit it even further. We'll go to Eugene Sando. If you guys don't know who that is, it is the first bodybuilding photo that was like displayed where people were like, holy shit. It's a super old photo. Do you know how old it is? Honestly, not a clue. I was going to say, I talked about it and you looked up the photo, but it's a very old photo. The guy's got like, he's got access to a camera that takes probably a day to develop. Yeah. And he's just like fucking ripped. Yeah, monster. He's a monster. And um, he's mainly doing, the, you know, like the old school, like big round dumbbells. Uh, he's doing like a like Turkish get up style stuff. Obviously, he was like his nutrition was in check, but like back then, it didn't really have access to as much fucked up shit as we have these days. Yeah, they were just eating you know, <laughs> real food. I think the obesity rate back then was like three <laughs> uh, percent, and now it's like seventy. But anyway, we're we're gonna go over that one really fast. But I I just think what's interesting back then was they didn't really understand anything about training. No, they were just doing stuff and just seeing like kind of how it worked, and then they they kind of had a relative a relatively good grasp on nutrition. Like they knew they needed a lot of protein. Like that was definitely something that's been known for a long time. Um, and they knew that they needed recovery when they were extremely sore and like, couldn't really like move on. But this is kind of like where things like start to kind of take off. So if we fast forward a little bit now, it's like the more exciting time for you guys. Obviously I'm not going to bore you with the super old medieval times. Yeah. So like we, we start going to like the body, like the true bodybuilding golden era with Arnold. Um, and now we start to kind of like dive into like true bodybuilding and like trying to get as big as absolutely possible. Yeah. What I really like about that era, um, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys was that I still think that training philosophies were very different. Mm-hmm. No one truly knew what the best route was. Arnold would say to do certain things and other guys would potentially copy him or other guys would think, Hey, I'm not going to do that at all. Cause I want to be different than him and I want to try to beat him. Right. And that's why I think is really cool in comparison to now. I feel like a lot of people are kind of doing the same thing. Dude, what I think is interesting back then is like if you watch like uh, Pumping Iron, for instance, mm. no one has good form on anything. No. They're swinging everything, like doing this, doing that. And it's like, dude, people looked really fucking good back then. Insane. And they weren't like nearly, I mean, like nowadays, like if your fucking, your pinky toe is out of line, someone would be like, oh, bro, like you just fucking fix that. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, dude, like, it's exactly. what, what, when did we just like when did we break this down to like such a level where like the only thing that matters is your fucking opinion now yeah you know what i mean it's not even about the training anymore it's not about like you know the i mean work ethic like dude if the person slept like three more minutes that night it's better than like where his fucking pinky toe is legit you know what i mean like yeah like it's just so many things but we'll we'll get into that but either way what i really liked about it was like arnold was probably one of the first people to start saying things along the lines of like i feel like i get uh, like better bicep development when I have higher repetitions. Like the smaller mm-hmm. the muscle for me, the more high repetitions I like. Mm-hmm. The bigger the muscle group, the higher or the lower the reps that I like. And like he was, he would start 
kind of shedding light on like these different rep ranges. Um, he also like really would like he didn't really classify it as RPE or RIR or any of that stuff, but he would always be like, I want to faint in the gym. Like I want to get to like that level of like super high intensity. And I think his intensity like rubbed off on a lot of other people and they all wanted to like die in the gym too. And not that like we need to die in the gym, but I think it was a good way of like starting to progress the sport and start to progress like what was possible because he was the biggest person ever at that time. Oh yeah. By far. You know what I mean? So it's like he was doing something right. And then like, obviously you'd be like, Oh, well he was on steroids. I was like, well, every, everybody else was too. Yeah. So there's a reason why he was so much bigger and so much better. Um, and so much more proportionate and all that stuff. Cause he had, he started grasping these rep ranges, started grasping like the intensity and like all that stuff. Even in the movie, uh, with Lou Ferrigno when they're at the breakfast, Mm-hmm. or whatever and he's like you know like i'm excited to like compete against you and he's like dude you have no chance like you started dieting like way too late yep you know what i mean i just think it's interesting because he's like you don't even know what you're doing one step ahead yeah so like i think he, at the time i really feel like arnold was like probably the only person that like kind of like knew what he was doing which i thought was very interesting and it was cool to watch what i also think was really cool about arnold and he's probably one of the first people to really start talking about it too was like that mind muscle connection yeah like he would always talk about feeling the pump and- yep dying for the pump that's all he cared about like you know at the end of the day he did talk about rep schemes but he was so in tune with what it felt like and was he contracting the right muscles what part of the muscles was he contracting and that was something that i think really opened up a lot of people's minds as to what they should be focusing on you know? yeah dude that's actually a really good point because he always talks about like you're uh, i'm coming on stage i'm coming in the gym i'm coming with my girlfriend yep. like all that stuff i thought that was really funny um, and it really does come down to the mind muscle connection. Cause I do think it's interesting. Like I've definitely had moments when I've been training, like doing like lat pull downs. I'm like, dude, I feel this in my biceps more than my lats. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. And it's probably just because of like the bar attachment is just like not cool with like my dimensions. Like yep. obviously I'm shorter, like you're taller, you have bigger wingspan. So maybe like a bar that's like super wide and has the bends, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit closer towards like a little bit wider wingspan, like feels great for you. And for me, it's like all bicep. Yeah. Uh, or if it's too close, like, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's just like the way that you're seated. Maybe you don't have the fucking, um, the roller that goes over your quad is like not in the right spot. So like, mm-hmm. you're not like locked in enough to get in the right position. Like certain, all that stuff is like so important because someone could be like, dude, I do squats every week, Yeah, but I don't, my legs don't get bigger. My glutes don't get bigger. It's a common thing I hear. And I'm like, I look at the squat. I'm like, dude, you've, you've never squatted below parallel. Yep. Like, your knees are not going in the right place. You're not breathing correctly. Your head is, like, all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. it's just – it's hysterical. I mean, like, it's just – there's so many things that you could do to fix it. And it's mainly just because you're not looking for that mind-muscle connection. Yeah, I genuinely believe the mind-muscle connection is one of the more important things you could do. A lot of people say it's not that important if you look at literature, all this stuff. I've done things where I've been trying to focus on growing a muscle group and – not feeling it, but just kept doing it because I've been told like, Hey, it doesn't matter that much. And if you do this exercise, but nothing would happen. The minute I start feeling the muscle during the training exercise, all of a sudden my muscles start growing, you know? So I think there's a line where like, if you're, especially a lot of people there do exercises like I just feel this in my joints, right? Like they'll be doing like a bench press and like, I don't feel my chest at all. My shoulders just killing me. Yep. And this is something that Dr. Mike Israel talks about a lot where it's like the stress to fatigue ratio, like is the exercise worth it if it's causing more stress than it is growth? And when you're feeling your joints and not your muscles, it doesn't matter who says what the best exercise in the world is. If it's not going to make you, you know, grow your muscles, you don't, you shouldn't be doing it in my opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think 
I was going to get into Dr. Mike a little bit later because I feel like he's a little bit more of the yeah more modern times. But he he he's applicable to like the entire fucking the, all the eras. So what I really like about him is he does say like, you know, exercise selection. I mean, I don't know if he said this like word for word, but this is like what I got out of like reading his book. Mm. And it was kind of like, dude, exercise selection really only exists because you can no longer progress in the movement. Yeah. Or like you're just bored of the movement or, you know, the movement hurts now or something like that. So like if you're listening to this right now, understand two things. The only reason you should change your movement, let's just say you're doing back squat, for instance, and like, you know, you've been doing five sets of five for a long time, five sets of, I mean, I, I would say five is probably the, the best number. Let's say you've been doing five sets of five for the last like fucking three years, and you can no longer just go up 2%. You mm-hmm. can't even add an extra rep. You can't do anything. You literally just cannot progress at all. Mm-hmm. That would be time for you to like switch to like a lunge. Yeah. And it's not to say the lunge is better. No. The lunge is just going to be a new stimulus for you. That you can progress now for a really long time. Yeah. So you need to just keep switching movements as soon as you can no longer progress because then you'll continually keep progressing in your training. A lot of people take the terminology like progressive overload out of context because they get to the point where they're like they can't progress anymore. So they're just like I'm just going to do whatever I want in the gym now because I can't get any stronger. It's like no, you just need to keep changing the movement and then keep following that movement. Like even just going from a lunge to a Bulgarian split squat or even to to a lunge with a deficit on your front foot. With a plate, like just small things and keep progressing on that. Huge, huge difference. Oh, yeah. Um, I think so we don't get off too tra- too <clears> off track <throat> too much, but this is very interesting. And like we'll get to this. Like right now we're so obsessed with progressive overload and making sure we're using the correct movements every single week. And the golden era, I don't think they cared about that at all, honestly. Nah. I think they walked into the gym and was like, okay, these are the exercises I'm going to do today. And, and just failure. smashed it. Yeah. Just smashed it. They're like, I'm going for the pump. I'm going to train really freaking hard, and I'm going to walk out of here feeling great. Yeah. They probably weren't even kind of thinking about last week. Because you would also see all these guys do crazy stuff probably for the first time too, like drop sets and super sets. Like, you, I'm sure you've read Arnold Schwarzenegger of the Encyclopedia book, right? His workout is like super set in chest and back. And it's so hard to track progression when you're doing super sets and drop sets. It's, you know, it's pretty much impossible. Yeah, just the way you feel for the day is like is the variable. Exactly. <laughs> like if you feel good one day, you're going to have huge numbers and if you don't feel good one day, you're going to get a huge pump but not have huge numbers. But I do think like, you know, if you're not as strong one day, maybe you get more reps and maybe there is like some progression happening there that's like you're just it's just like it's undercover. You don't really know it's happening, but it is happening. Yeah. Um the I was talking about two points and the one was that progressive overload and moving the movement and then the second one was what we see on social media now is we see, like, so many, like, carnival movements, I like to call them. Mm. It's just, like, people trying to get views. Yeah. And what's important to highlight here is, like, some of these variations and some of these interesting movements that you see actually are pretty awesome. And some of them are just, like, really just for views. So, like, one of the things that I really like to – like, I'm trying to think of a movement that's just, like, awful. Like, if someone's doing, like, a lunge and a bicep curl together – Throw it out. Yeah, like if you can bicep curl the same weight you can lunge, it's like what's the point? Like yeah. you can't progress in that kind of movement. Or if someone is doing <clears throat> even like bo- like a lot of body weight ab movements, I'm not a huge fan of because you can't really get – you can't do more reps, can't do more weight. Like a lot of those kind of things I'm just not a huge fan of. 
Like a lot of things that you can't progress in, I'm just not a huge fan of. And you see a lot of that stuff on social media. Like if you're balancing on a ball and doing something, it's like, oh my god, that's the worst thing ever. If you're a snowboarder or someone that needs like a lot of balance or yep. something like that, I get it. But if you're someone who's like trying to put on muscle and you're doing this really weird like balancing act, doesn't really make a difference. Um, what other movements are there, man? There's a lot of stuff that people post that I'm just like. It's crawl to press, like all yeah. those things. It's just combining two movements that shouldn't be combined together. Yeah. Pretty much whenever there's two exercises and one exercise is going to be significantly heavier than the other, they shouldn't be together. Yeah. You know, it just, it's impossible to challenge both muscle groups when that occurs. Yeah. So, you know, we got, we got this, this whole golden era of bodybuilding. I think we all remember that golden era of bodybuilding. I think from there we started seeing even bigger and bigger and bigger bodies and like being massive was like huge. And I remember this, this was like when I was in, I mean, this was before I was like even alive, but then on top of that, like when I was in high school, I remember the only thing that mattered was like Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, yeah. They're just fucking massive. Monsters. Mass then, monsters. Yeah. And then they called them. by the time I think I was done and I think I was in college at that point, this is, I mean, that was in high school. And then like, I think around college was like, being jacked is no longer – I remember seeing, like, headlines on magazines, like, jacked is out and, like, athletic is in. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, cool, dude. Like, that actually looks like something I would want to do. Like, I really like the way that looks. And I remember seeing, like, Ryan Reynolds on the cover of Men's Health and, like um, – fucking... Who was that guy that passed away? He was, like, racing a train essentially. Oh. Who was that guy? I know who you're talking about. That was yeah. the guy I yeah. remember looking at and being like, yeah. He was super, know. super fit. Super jacked, shredded to the bone. But that's what essentially the look became. It was like being shredded. That was the look. And then, oh, Brad Pitt, I was thinking yes, of, of, of Fight Club. Too. And like everybody's just like shredded and everybody really liked that athletic build. So you actually had a lot of people who were bigger and big bodybuilders. And I had some friends who competed at the time. And they're like, I just kind of like want to be smaller. It was just like the in thing. It was like to just be smaller. Yeah. Um, but not like – not less shredded. Like, people want it to be shredded still. Everything, everyone always wants to be shredded. Yeah, no one ever doesn't want to see their abs, right? I mean, dude, I remember when I was, like, younger, I would just go to, like, GNC and just, like, talk to the guy and be like, what's, like, what in here is going to make me fucking shredded? <laughs> and then he'd be like, testosterone, like, boosters and stuff like that. Yep. Oh, He's yeah, He's like, but you're too those. young, so, like, you can't have them. And I'd be like, I would tell my buddy, I'd be like, Brooke, can you, can you just go talk to him for, like, a little bit? And, like, I'm just going to go grab this out of this, <laughs> out of this glass container. <laughs> We used to like honestly take shit like from the G- from yeah. the GNC, not because like we were thieves, but because they wouldn't sell it to us. We were too young. <laughs> yeah, I used to get like my older cousins <laughs> to go grab that stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. So I remember taking T bomb. Yeah, it was like a testosterone booster, and they're like, I can't remember. There was like something else, Holodraw fifty, or it was like some Gaspari product, like some other stupid shit that I took. Probably should not have taken it at that age. Um, but anyway, yeah, like being lean starts to become like a super you know, popular thing, which I think was cool for a little, for a little while, but it didn't last super long. I think it went from being lean to like now being athletic and then athletic became what we know now as like functional training and CrossFit. Yeah. And I feel like CrossFit's been dominating for 10 years, maybe, maybe 10 years. Yeah. Um, maybe 15 about that, about that. I think the games has been around since what, like 2000 and, seven right something around there somewhere around there and it's 23 now so it's definitely been around 15 16 years and i'd say it became very popular for the past 10 because i remember i was a trainer at a gym called basin recreation Fieldhouse in park city utah 
and there was this guy there, and he used to train clients, and they'd run around the track and like do farmer carries, and I saw the butterfly pull up and all that stuff for the first time. And the person I'm talking about is Chris Spieler, by the way. Mm, savage. He literally was a trainer in the gym that I worked at. I was oh, a, no I was a gym attendant. I just cleaned equipment and helped people with stuff, and and I was on the Olympic team for skeleton and bobsled at the time, and that was just my job that I got. You know, I don't know, fucking eight dollars an hour. Yeah. Whatever it was. And uh, I remember seeing Spieler. He was super small, 125 pounds. Yeah. Shredded. Like, yeah. so shredded. Like, he had so many veins and stuff. Uh, you always remember veins when you're younger. And I just remember just being like, damn, this guy's so fucking lean. But watching him do all the stuff, I was never impressed. I was like, he looks fucking dumb. Like, yeah. I don't like what he's doing. It's, yeah. like, really weird, and it's annoying. Because, like, but, watching him do the pull-ups and stuff was, like, genuinely annoying. Well, especially when it first started, too, because no one moved well. They yeah, but nobody even off. knew what was happening. Like, yeah, if you see it. a kipping pull up now, you're like, "Oh, that guy probably does CrossFit." Oh yeah, for you sure. Just instantly say you that. Know that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I just remember watching him do the pull ups, and I was like, "Yeah, that's great," but like, I don't. That just it looks bad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I have no <laughs> idea what he's doing. Right. Yeah. So um, I remember like watching all of that, and I think he went to the first CrossFit Games. Like at two, two, this was like I was there like 2006, 2006, 2007, and I remember him showing me a video. Like he went to this like ranch and did this workout and he was showing it to me and how cool it was and i had no clue what it, he, i remember it being called the crossfit games he told me yeah and then um i remember just being like oh cool like he was doing deadlifts in the dirt and stuff like that yeah and um yeah and then i remember like probably two three years after that moment he just was like telling me he wasn't gonna be in the gym anymore and he's like i'm gonna open my gym down the street and i was like wow you think a lot of people are gonna want to do that and he's like dude i'm hoping so and i was like good luck you know and, yeah. like, i was like i just remember being like dude wild especially because park city is like an older demographic like you know it's a little bit wealthier people it's a mountain town like smaller town i'm like dude good luck and it actually crushed for him like he wound up doing really really well i'm not surprised i think anyone who opened up a gym when it first started should have crushed yeah should have crushed so then from there obviously i got into crossfit (laughs) obviously now that's why we're here and um, it was something that took over my life for a really long time. It's taken over your life now as a coach, and your girlfriend competes, and you yep. competed for a while. And, I mean, you still like programming it. You still like doing it. Yep. I like doing some of it. I'm more along the bodybuilding side now, mainly just because of injuries. I always like doing, like, the high breathing stuff. It's just super fun. It feels good. I think anything that feels good gives you good motivation, makes you want to train more. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that, that that whole style of training took over, and I think what was cool about it was – I think a lot of the progressive overload and a lot of the science stuff went out the window, and intensity came back. Intensity. So we went from the golden era of intensity, getting really, really smart and getting really fucking giant like fucking Jay Cutler and, and Ronnie Coleman, which you can't really do without some science. You're going to need – Yep. You're going to need some science. You're going to need some serious supplementation, but they were all supplementing back then. Yeah. And when I say supplements, I mean like gear and steroid use and all that, which is fine. It's yeah. just – it's part of the sport. But then now, you know, getting into the CrossFit realm and then – now, like, we've shifted from bodybuilding to lean and, like, beach body to, like, now, like, athletic. And I almost feel like athleticism took over so much where it was almost like it was great if you were really aesthetic, but it didn't even matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is the, the, the point you brought up about intensity. And if we were to look right before that with the Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman era where everyone was massive, they were really prioritizing volume. Like, if you look at Jay Cutler's workout, it's, like, 30 sets for every muscle group and just, like, demolishing the muscle. And then you – and, you know, people would be spending hour, hour and a half, two hours in the gym. 
and not seeing any progress, not guys like Jay Cutler, right? But then this thing, CrossFit, came around. And it was like, yeah, you don't need to do more than like 15 minutes of work, and you can get insane results. And I think that also intrigued a lot of people. It was like, oh, I don't need to be doing boring exercises on the elliptical for an hour, and I don't just need to do a standard bicep curl. Like, I could do all these other things and circuit training and be done within an hour and go about my day. Mm-hmm. And I think that drew a lot of people. Um, and it did, I did, although CrossFit probably, especially at the time, prioritized way too much on intensity and not a lot of movement pattern efficiency and probably a volume too. But I did show, I think, I do think it showed a lot of people that weren't training hard enough. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> like you looked at those guys and you were like, oh my God. Like, Dude, I remember telling someone in the gym one time, this person who was struggling with like putting on muscle and all this stuff. And I was like, listen. Do you see anyone at any CrossFit gym you've ever been to? When you think of the guys who in the gym who like get the fastest times and lift the biggest lifts, like are any of them ever out of shape? Yeah. And the person was like, "No." And I was like, "Because you don't go hard enough." Yep. And I'm like I'm like there's always going to be people who are stronger than you naturally. Yep. There's always going to be people who are faster than you naturally. Um and you're going to you're going to see those people, but it's very rare that someone who is stronger than you and faster than you looks worse than you that's for sure yeah so i i, I remember saying that to somebody that i was like dude you're just you're never gonna see someone who's who goes hard as fuck on the workout who looks like balls yeah like it's just like i mean they might not look as good as someone else who takes care of themselves yeah diet, you know what right? i mean but like if you're going hard you're gonna look good and i think that is one of the best things that crossfit did did uh bring out was the intensity factor yeah but then on top of that it was interesting because, like, my first five years in CrossFit, I don't think I even knew anything about percentages or anything. Like, every workout I ever did was like, oh, we're doing a 5 by 3 front squat today. Oh, we're doing a 5 by 5 back squat today. Oh, we're one rep maxing deadlift today. Like, that was it. Like, I never was like, oh, no, 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 I'm only doing 62.5% today. Yeah. I'm only doing this. I'm only doing that. Like, that, that wasn't even a thing. No. And although it's definitely not the best approach to gaining strength and getting fitter and becoming bigger – it worked. It worked really good. Why did it work? Because you were trying really hard. Yeah. Right? And you were surrounded by other people. Yep. You were surrounded by other people, which makes your intensity automatically go up. Yeah. Right? We were just talking about that the other day in the gym when we were training together. It was like, you're automatically going to just go harder. Yeah. And so I do think that, you know, this does come full circle where a lot of people right now are obsessed with science and progressive overload, which is super important. But at the end of the day, if you're not training hard, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. I do think the science is getting a little out of hand now. It's like I think people really want that excuse of like they're not going to do that because like science doesn't support it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you're so fucking annoying. It's like, yeah. dude, I'm, I mean I'm all about science. Like, I don't, of I would, course. The whole chalk performance training program is literally just like all of my favorite books all combined. Like, yeah. Training books, science books, fucking like everything. You know what I mean? It's like documentation of stuff I've ever done before, things I've seen work in the gym, like thousands of man hours on the floor. Yeah, well, that's that's practical application, right? Yeah, there, like right? All, all this stuff, right? Like, I mean, it's I don't I've never just like made a workout because it looked cool. I'm like, all right, like, what are people going to think about this? Like, what is, does it actually make sense? Like, blah blah blah. But like on top of that, it's just like the person who's always complaining about certain things is like always the person who is just looking for another excuse. It's mm-hmm. like, but I have bad genetics. I'm like, no, you have bad like. Work ethic. Work ethic. And you also have, like, bad habits. Like, yeah. you eat fucking 
cardboard every night. Yep. Or you know what I mean? Like I don't even know what that meant, but like you, you eat something bad. <laughs> you don't you don't eat anything worth you know. While, yeah, putting in your body. Like yeah. I mean, there's just like so many things that people have, and then it's like the person that will comment on a post and be like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like yeah, it's like bro, what what, what are you talking about? What are yeah. we talking about here? Yeah. Yeah, you never really see the big guys, like, kind of talking down on training programs No, it's always stuff. some guy who, like, can take his shirt off and looks like 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag. Yep. <laughs> um, I usually say 5 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag, which is a baggy bag. But yeah. 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag is, like, that's an exploding yeah, piece of shit. That's no good. We don't yeah, want that. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Um, Tough. <laughs> Tough is right. <laughs> Tough is right. You know? And, and that's the thing. Like, if you were to ask Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is honestly – Probably my favorite physique of all time. There's probably a couple that would argue like Seabum and stuff, but like I still like Arnold. Actually, me too. I He's not too. as shredded. Yeah, he's just like a full, nice, fucking yeah, insane. Looks good. Yeah, looks insane. Yeah. And it's like Bumstead's like the exact same, but like significantly less body fat. He's literally just a modern Arnold. Yeah, you know. Um, and so it's like, yeah, like obviously those things are important. We know that science backs it. We're not going to refute that. But it's like at the same time, it's like you're probably still prioritizing the wrong thing because they didn't prioritize it at all and looked amazing. Looked absolutely amazing. So it's like, yes, we want to have a balance of science, but we also have to have practical application. And we also just need to actually work hard at what we're doing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, from this era now, from CrossFit, I think Mm -hmm. what's really interesting is it did bring out the intensity factor. It showed you that you could do a lot more work in a shorter period of time and get great results. Mm Mm-hmm. But then now I feel like we have bigger and better looking athletes now than ever in the sport of CrossFit. Whereas yes. in the beginning, everybody was pretty small yep. and lean. And now they're really jacked, mm-hmm. which is dope because it's like, you know, they've started adding in percentages and mm-hmm. started adding in progressions. Bodybuilding. And they, and there's a lot of bodybuilding now in CrossFit. And they yep. know, and the reason they do that, I think, is for durability. I think it's a good word. It's like the they same. want them to be more durable. Perfect word. All over. Yes. You know what I mean? Like – there's a reason – I think there's definitely some practical application to isolate some muscles every once in a while just to make sure that when you have you know, these huge loads that you're not like missing out on certain muscles being strong enough to support them. And you get yep. like a small tweak in your shoulder and a small tweak in your chest and like these little things because you're just not ready for it. Absolutely. That amount of volume, that amount of intensity, just doing compound lifts all the time isn't going to be able to support that. So, yeah, and that's pretty cool It's because that, that's an evolution within athletic training itself. Yep. Where, like, if you athletic training, you didn't do bodybuilding. Like, it was just like, why the hell would you ever do that? That's never going to help you. Yeah. And then we started seeing people get hurt, and we were like, well, why are they hurt? And, of course, science helped us out here, and it was like, well, these smaller muscle groups aren't contributing to the larger compound movements, so you need to add them into your training. And now we see that athletes are able to last longer within the sport because of it. Dude, it's crazy. Like, now that we're breaking it down this way, it's the first time I've noticed it is, like, you have golden era bodybuilding, people just going fucking hard, and they look like X. Mm-hmm. And then Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman come along, they bring more science in, and now they look like fucking double X. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to this sport of CrossFit, nobody knows what they're doing, but they're high intensity, they look amazing. And then now you get like 10 years into the sport, and they've added in all the science, and now they're X. amazing times two. Yep. And it's literally like, okay, so now where are we at now? And everyone's like, oh, fuck, what's going on? This, is, this podcast getting exciting. Well, yep. thank you very much. <laughs> so now we are at the point where, in my opinion, well, first and foremost, I live in California. I feel like if you live in California, you're three years ahead of the rest of the world. Yeah. You're probably three years ahead of the East Coast of America, which is great. And then America is usually ahead of every other country. Yeah. 
in my opinion. I think I think like it's not even an opinion. I think it's actually like a real thing. I think like when I because I'm like I'm from New Jersey. Like even just like pokey restaurants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like fish like that kind of stuff. Like didn't even hit America. Like my mom came to visit. And she's like, this is fucking great. And then like three <laughs> years later, she's like, we have one now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is like literally exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, total side tangent, but just like you guys, giving you some some proof here. Um, right now in the California specifically, you're seeing a huge, huge decrease in CrossFit gyms, in functional fitness gyms. If they're not CrossFit gyms anymore, or if they're not, yeah, like CrossFit gyms are getting rid of the name CrossFit and becoming functional gyms that add bodybuilding in. So they're not getting rid of the CrossFit component, but you're seeing a lot less like people who want to compete for sure. For sure. Like way, way, way less. Like that literally has nothing to do with what the affiliate is preaching. Yeah. Right. So you're seeing like way big decrease in CrossFit, like way big de- decrease in people wanting to compete in this in like those kind of sports. Definitely a bigger dispersion though of like people who want to do like other kinds of sport, like they want to use their functional fitness in some way. So you see like high rocks, like mm-hmm. obstacle course racing's gotten really big, like Spartan style stuff. Like that stuff's gotten like oddly big, but not bigger. I mean, debatably bigger than CrossFit maybe, but not on the elite level of competing. Yes. So all of this is coming down, and then what you see right now, at least in California, and I feel like you're starting to see it everywhere, especially because of social media, is you're seeing an increase in boutique-style bodybuilding gyms. So instead of people wanting to go to 24-Hour Fitness, Gold's, these like big chains, and they, you know, they, they branched to like smaller chain CrossFit-style gyms because it's more intimate, more intensity, like you take a shirt off, the vibe is super cool. So like now that's going down, and then now it's just like getting shifted into boutique, same style. But now it's boutique, but bodybuilding style. Mm -hmm. So now, because of that, it's like the aesthetics is starting to roll back a little bit. We're getting back to the golden-ish era. That's why C-Bum is like taking the fuck off. He has so many followers. Um, His physique is like something that's getting posted everywhere. So you're starting to see the golden era come back. And then on top of that, you're starting to see people in social media market, you know, whatever's happening. And social media is the biggest marketing that you can have right now. So like everyone is like going to these boutique gyms, wherever has the best lighting, whatever has the coolest equipment, whatever has the coolest people. Um, so you see like the alpha elites, like the zoo cultures, like the, you know, the chalk performance training, you know, training, like all that stuff is starting to get really, really big and people want to go and they want to drop in and they want to take photos and all that stuff. So I think what's happening is we're starting to see a little bit more of the golden era kind of come back. Yep. I don't think people want to be huge right now. I think they want to look, they want to be. They want to have honestly a very nice balance, in yeah. my opinion. They want to be a little bigger. They want to be a little stronger, which we were talking about. But they also want to be shredded. They want to be able to take off their shirt and see their abs. No one, it, no one wants to be puffy right now, dude. I didn't even hear anything about the men's like super heavyweight division anymore. Yeah. I only heard about Seabum. I just know one guy. I know a couple guys out of there just because I like to follow it. Yeah, like this guy Nick Walker. He's, I know. Yeah, he's massive. He bro. is. He's basically the another Jay Cutler. Yeah. He's Jay Cutler. Yeah. But he's short. He's short. Super short. Super short. And he's like – I think he's like 5'7 to 5'9 range, but he weighs I, like yeah. 300 pounds. Yeah. He's literally like 5'6, five, 5'7, five, just like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. He's and very just, short, yeah. Woof. Big boy. So big. And he's, big from, he's from Jersey too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Big Rami from last year was like massive. But like these guys are so big and because – we have someone like a modern day Arnold, kind of like Seabum, mm-hmm. that like now, like that's just taking the limelight. And I think the, it's the healthy route too. 
healthier. Healthier. <laughs> he's, yes. he's he's still gonna die young. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's he's definitely utilizing a ton. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, but I think it's a um, well, it's more attainable. No one, yeah. I can't look like Sebum no matter what. I could do whatever yeah. the hell I want. Never look like him. But people look at him and go, "Oh, okay, that's like something I would like to look like at mm-hmm. least, right?" Yeah. They look at Nick Walker, and nothing against Nick Walker. The guy is amazing looking and a freak. Um, but but like, they don't want to look bro. like him. Yeah. That guy has issues just living, pooping for sure. He has. Does he talk about it? I yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a tough time pooping. Yeah, because you can't get your arm around your back. Yeah. So you just like shit and just leave it. <laughs> just like, you gotta get the bidet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the bidet. Actually, yeah. that's actually fair. That's probably yeah. what he does. He's probably yeah. just like, yep. That's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man. Nuts. Yeah, so I think what's going on now and I think what you're going to start seeing, and this is something that like like the business part of me, which I know a lot of you guys like the business part of me. Like I remember just like going on different websites and looking up like most searched bodybuilding or like most searched training regimens like on some of the biggest YouTubers' websites. I would like hack their websites a little bit and look mm-hmm. at like analytics and I'd look at like – terminologies and different keywords that were searched on YouTube, on Google, on all this stuff. And I started noticing that power building was a huge thing that was getting searched and was a huge, like, up-and-coming training style. You guys, you know, you've probably heard of it. You may not have realized how big it, of a search it is right now. But um, I remember launching it on the Chalk app, like, you know, I don't know, like a couple months ago. Three months, four months. Yeah, like, not right? even that long ago. Yeah. And it's already become 10% of the app, which is, like, which is a lot in a short period of time. Like nothing's made that much of an impact that fast. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason for it is if we start talking about this trend, now everyone's shifting towards the boutique bodybuilding style gym and they're kind of getting bored in the gym. Cause like bodybuilding is not necessarily like inherently like super exciting by itself. It can yeah. be if you have a lot of dope friends to train with all the time, which mm-hmm. people don't. Yeah. So now it's like, well, what can I do in the gym that's going to be fun? Give me like a little bit more goal orientation that's going to get me excited. Yep. So they're like, I want to be strong as fuck. Yep. And I'm in this gym right now that has all this cool shit, but like I don't see anyone only lifting. So like I'm going to squat and deadlift heavy mm-hmm. and I want to press heavy and I want to just maybe do powerlifting. Yep. So they're like, well, how can I do powerlifting but still keep my gains? So you, now you start seeing this power building approach. Um, so I think power building now is going to start to make a bigger comeback right now than – not a come. It's never, never really had. It never even had its its heyday. But like now, I think it's starting to come back strong. Yeah, and come more, in strong. More evidence is actually beginning to support it. What we're seeing is that, and what we know is that, building muscle and putting on strength are congruent for a very long time until we're trying to peak at one or the other. Meaning, once you're trying to become as strong as possible, that's when we're not going to see a lot of gains in the. Um, the muscle building side occur. Meaning when we're trying to do sets of two sets of one, we're not going to necessarily get bigger by doing that. But when you're doing those sets of like five repetitions to six, seven, eights, you're going to be able to not only get bigger, but stronger. And that's, what's really cool about it because I think that's where a lot of people actually should be spending most of their time anyway, especially beginners and intermediates. We probably don't really need to be spending too much time in the either lower or higher rep range department. I think the meats and potatoes is that five to eight so that you can put on a good uh, amount of strength, which will help you inherently put on more size in the long run. Right. Um, So that's why I really love power building too for beginners is because that is where a lot of the gains can be made for the first few years. Well, dude, I think Dr. Mike is reality. I love bringing him up because I just, I mean, 
there's a lot of good books out there, guys. A lot of great books out there, but nothing as in depth as his. That's like as digestible. Mm-hmm. I really like his fucking Principles of Hypertrophy book. If you guys have never read his book, Principles of Hypertrophy, I think it's the best book on the market, in my opinion. At least from what I've read. I've read a lot, and I just I really like that fucking book. But anyway, he talks about like between the five to thirty rep range. Mm-hmm. And anything between like thirty to eighty percent of your one rep max, I think even up to eighty five percent of your one rep max is like the definition of hyper of hypertrophy training. Yep. Um, and what he was saying is like, you could have a huge amount of your training in the thirty rep range, and yeah. you'd be fine, and you'd keep growing. Yep. It's just really, really exhausting. Yeah, it's super stressful. And the also what's tough with that rep range of twenty to thirty is, is my muscle giving up or is my mind giving up? And that's where a lot of people run into that issue is it hurts so much that they just stop. But really, their muscles probably could have kept going, right, where you don't see that occur as much in those lower rep ranges. And sometimes other muscles take over. Like I was doing easy bar curls the other day for a set of 30, mm. and I actually started feeling it like more in my shoulders after like rep 20. Or your grip. Yeah, and right? grip and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, I'm fucking over this. Yeah. 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 Same thing that we were doing like T-bar row the other day. I was like, man, I'm starting to feel this in a lot of other places besides my back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It all comes back to that mind-muscle connection. Yeah. Like, I'm not even feeling this where I'm supposed to. I'm trying yeah. to be doing this right now, right? And I think while we're on the topic of the higher rep range, right, um, not to single them out, but we do see a lot of females who want to hang out in this higher rep range because they believe that you're not going to get as bulky doing this, which science has proven that it actually has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. How you look is – totally dependent upon your body fat and your nutrition anywhere from five to 30 reps is going to put on the same amount of muscle it's all about whether you're training to failure or not right you might be putting on more muscle you might be (laughs) because there's more volume yeah which is crazy (laughs) so the whole time everyone's like you gotta do higher rep range to become more tone and it's like that's not even kind of true yeah it's not even kind of true yeah right isn't that so unique and that's so crazy rather just like how the world works yeah i mean I, i mean we always all thought that i mean I think becoming woke, as people would say nowadays, mm. is literally just you unlearning all the dumb fucking shit you've heard your whole life. Yeah. Like, you want to be fucking woke? Just start with a clean slate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's there fucking, you go. Put everything you learned, yeah. just put it in the past. Let's rip all those pages out of that notebook and just go straight up plain. Yep. All right? And that's like, now you're a woke motherfucker. And yep. now you're going to start with this podcast, and then you can start, you know, putting in the database. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I also – what I liked about Dr. Mike's book was he talks about everyone kind of like shitting on like three sets of ten. And yeah. He, and he's like you, – he's like, do you know why three sets of ten is so legit? He's like – because it's not so low rep range. Like fives is – fives can be exhausting because you're fucking hitting some big numbers. Big numbers and stressful on the joints because of how heavy it is. Yeah. And then thirties is – you know, you might start kicking over like – like I'm talking about, me doing bicep curls and my shoulders hurt or my arms hurt mm-hmm. or my, my forearms hurt versus my biceps. Um, and then plus in general, like how do you feel going to the gym and you, you got all these movements and it's three sets of 30? You're like, fuck, bro. Yeah. Um, first off, you're going to be here forever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it sucks. Yeah. Those, those sets suck. Yeah. They hurt. So the sweet spot's where? Three by 10. Right in the middle. It doesn't mean that three by 10, like a lot of people, a lot of people nowadays literally think like if you're going to give me three sets of 10. You are a fucking shitty trainer. Yeah, you're just giving the easy way out. And it's like, no, I'm actually not. It's like, like this is actually the best thing you could possibly do. Yeah. But you you know better. Yeah. Right. But me as a trainer, if I want to be a good trainer, I'm going to sit here and show you like how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you like the rest breaks that you should be using in between sets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you like how to breathe, how to like 
you know, like do all the things that make a huge difference and that explain, make you a good trainer. Sorry to cut you off. And explain why yeah. we're doing sets and the why. Time. If and you can't why. explain, if you could, ask, if you ask your coach why and they can't explain it, then you could say, okay, you're a bad coach. Yeah, no problem there for sure. But if if their answer is because that's what everyone else is doing, then yeah, you ha- you're on to something for sure. But regardless of the matter, three sets of ten. Probably the best approach you could do if you're listening right now. Yeah. And I, I think for a while, what, what I really want to highlight right now is that for a while I was actually embarrassed to do a 3x10. Mm. Even in, in, my, in my CrossFit gym, in any of my online programs, I'd always, even like for the full body aesthetics program, which is my most popular program, like sometimes I'm like embarrassed to write 3x10 because I think people take it the wrong way. They're like, fucking 3x10, bro. But you put like three by seven, they're like, this motherfucker's smart. <laughs> Dude, I same here. When three I'm, by eleven? Damn. damn. Like, I'm like, he's on to something. Yeah. He's on to something. No, I feel the same way. I honestly feel anywhere eight, ten, or twelve to me, and I'm just like, this person thinks I'm just writing this because I'm lazy. Yeah. And it's I it's it's tough. Yeah. And why do people think that, you know? It, just because it's been around the longest? Which only means that it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's been around this long, it's for a reason. Yeah. <sighs> well, fuck, man. Like now, we, you know, we have a really good timeline right now. Like you're looking at the prehistoric era. <laughs> yeah. You look at like when you're in high, when you're like in high school and you're going through like the science book and you're like, oh, here's like where the dinosaurs and here's these people and these people. Like here's the whole timeline of what I see training to be and like where I see it going now. Essentially, is I see. I see aesthetics coming back hard. Mm-hmm. Um, not only for the reasons that I'm talking about, like I'm starting to see the boutique bodybuilding gyms taking off like crazy, like real all black vibes, great lighting, posing rooms now in a lot of gyms. Um, Arsenal equipment took off. Now there's a couple other pieces of equipment. Atlantis, Panada. Panada's insane. Panada, if you're listening to this and you want to send me anything, I would love that. <laughs> um, a lot of really cool gyms like Iron Revolution in New Jersey I went to. Super fucking dope. Um, there's a lot of cool gyms in San Diego now, like a lot of like these really cool bodybuilding gyms. Anyway. Okay. Uh, can, can I ask a question? Oh yeah, go for it. Um, I know you're talking about the aesthetics factor. Is there a bridge right now between functional and aesthetics that you see, or are we moving past that? I think the bridge between aesthetics and functional, like, I think it's, I think it's there, mm-hmm. but it's so small because I yeah. feel like I'm, I'm that niche. Mm-hmm. Right now, where I, I mix together functional and I mix together uh, func- like the the bodybuilding side, yeah. And I feel like Marcus is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there just there hasn't really been a lot more people really since, kind of really hitting that. And I feel like because the market is not as big mm-hmm. as the aesthetic, I feel like it's there. It's definitely there. It's there, and it's a cool bridge. It's a great bridge. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I I just think in terms of masses, I think aesthetics is where it's at at the moment. Cool. And one of the other supporting factors that I'm going to throw in here, mm. and I think you're going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, you're right, mm. is um, – which I hope you are. But um, <laughs> now we have people like More Plates, More Dates coming up, people like Greg Doucette coming up, um, people who are really transparent with like drug use and all that stuff. Mm. So because of that, we're seeing a lot more younger people and a lot more people in general getting more educated on testosterone use and drug use and stuff in general. Um, and because of that, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of the aesthetics too, because now people are having a little bit easier access to not only education, but also getting their hands on legit, uh, steroids, steroids and just like, I don't know what else, like performance enhancing drugs, hormones, yeah. yeah. And hormones and all that stuff. Um, so I think that's just going to even drive the needle even further. Yeah. 
um, which I've never really thought of literally until right now. And social media, like you said earlier. Yeah, because they're all being transparent with it. Yeah, and like just like the aesthetic, everyone like is it's a bad thing, but probably, mm-hmm. but so self conscious of how they look nowadays yeah. too, right? Because they have to be on social media. Everyone can see what they look like, right? Where fifty years ago, like you only saw pictures in people's homes, mm-hmm. right? And like no one even cared. Like it was like, oh, that was probably a really nice time, right? No one's like dissecting your image. And because everything's so shallow now, like nothing's making it past the two foot section of the pool. Yep, is like fucking everybody wants to look so good for social media and mm-hmm. for photos and all that stuff. And it's like you can absolutely look really good doing like functional training. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt. As long as your diet's in check and you're lifting heavy, you're good. 100%. Um, But people are going to gravitate more towards the general Globo Gym and things that are going to be easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's easier to look better bodybuilding than it is doing – No question. Like, interval training. Because, like, interval training – you can get it done in a shorter period of time, no doubt, but you've got to bring your fucking A game every time. You every cannot time. come in and do a high-intensity interval training with medium intensity. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't, man. Yeah. Like, you do those workouts during them. During those workouts, you're hating yourself. As soon as you finish them, you're loving yourself, right? It takes a special person to be able to go in there every single day and do that to themselves, which is why the, the CrossFit's so driven by community having people next to you during yep. those workouts. That's why you don't see it happen in bodybuilding gyms or global gyms. But bodybuilding gyms now, because of the boutique style, are becoming community-focused. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I feel like now, like if we were to go back 20 years ago, you walk into a gym, headphones are on, you don't look at people in the eyes, and you get after it. Yeah. Now you see people like, hey, like you know, they introduce themselves, you're chatting up about things outside the gym even potentially, right? It's a it's a different feeling when you walk into the gym nowadays. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Which is nice. It's yeah. welcoming, which I think it should be, yeah. right? And I think that was an issue also like 20 years ago. Like the gym wasn't welcoming to a lot of people. It was like if you were a beginner and didn't look a certain way, some people might have been like, what are you doing in my gym kind of thing? Like get out of here. You're like you're taking up space where now – I think a lot of even the top bodybuilders in the world and stuff are trying to influence younger people to come into the gym. Even if you're a beginner and you don't know what you're doing, it's okay. You just have to start. And like, we're trying to push people to do that, which is awesome. Yeah, dude, it's unreal. I, I think honestly, this podcast, like I knew what I was going to talk about when we got on, but like now it's opening things, even opening my eyes even more to like what's going on. Yeah. Um, you start seeing like a little bit more, like when you actually start to think about how transparency the drug use is and how, I mean, I'm not, guys, I, I'm not, I haven't talked down on any of this stuff. It's just like, this is just what's happening. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get people get more transparent on that stuff, which drives more people to want to do it because they feel more educated on it. I think people want to do drugs, but they don't because they're scared. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Which they should be. For sure. Like the other day, you know, Tommy and I were working out and Tommy's like, damn, this guy's fucking jacked. And, and I was like, yeah, I wonder how long that guy's going to live for. And then Tommy's like, that's really your first thought. And I was like. Yeah, it is. First thing I looked at is the dude's biceps, and I was like, how can I get those? And Ryan's like, yeah, those biceps are killing him. Yeah. Like, right? literally, like, that was, like, the, just the two different mindsets. And so, I mean, Tommy's 10 years younger than me, so he's that demographic who's like, oh, I can easily access – I mean, he's he's not looking into this, but, like, you know, the average person on social media right now who's not a, in the fitness realm as a professional is, like, not getting good gains because they're – not working out hard in the gym. Mm-hmm. They probably eat like shit. They probably go out and party, do all these fucking things. But their first go-to is going to be the easy pill, which is going to be like, I'm going to take testosterone. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. 
And they're still probably going to look like shit, but oh, like no. plus 5%, yeah. which is hysterical because it's like – then then they're going to be like, now I have bad genetics. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God, man. Like you are just you're, – you're a like walking depressant waiting to happen. Absolutely. Because now you've done everything and, and you, you still s- look like shit, feel yep. like shit, and now like you believe that your life is actually just shit. Yep. So now it's like now you're going to fucking Especially, kill yourself. Yeah, you're looking at social media and all these <laughs> other guys. Oh, yeah, it's geez, tough. Man. Yeah, so it's going to like go off the handle there. But when you really think about it, you know, we've got the boutique bodybuilding gyms coming back. Not coming back, but actually making a fucking splash. Big splash. I love them. It's the really way. dope, yeah. The equipment in there is sick. Sick. And it's... Vibe is sick. The vibe is awesome. They're yeah. playing, actually, for the most part, pretty good music. Yep. That was the worst part about Global Gyms. Like, you got Miley Cyrus, nothing against her, banging yeah. in the background. It's like, dude, I'm trying to get after it right now. Yeah. Man. You know? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough out here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you have all that. I think it's really, really cool. I think I think it's cool to see where it's going, and I think... With Sebum, I think what's interesting about Sebum is like there's really the business side of me again. You know, when you looked at like Jeremy Buendia, I've had him on the podcast a while back, and he he won the same title like what four times, five times, um, and didn't get as big of a social media following as Sebum. No, and then even all the people before Sebum who won the same title like not the same. But then now, just because of the era that we're in and because of the way everything is going, there's definitely people who look just as good as Sebum like in the past. We just didn't really highlight it. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't the right time. Yeah. So like now social media, the boutique bodybuilding gyms, all these things just making this like really great connection all at the same time is just creating this explosion of you know what fitness is right now. And I think we have at least a 10-year run. Of, of like boutique Seven. bodybuilding getting massive. Yeah. And then people, you know, getting super lean, getting smarter about training. I think right now we're on the smart train and I think we're going to start diving into more of the intensity and having fun in our training. Mm, I hope so. I really think that's going to start coming back a little bit. I hope so. Um, just because if you look at the timeline that we're talking about, I feel like that's kind of like where things are going to go. Mm. I think people are going to start to realize things like intensity – being the most important factor. I think I was reading something the other day where it was literally the guy was like, dude, like sets and reps and volumes and all these different things definitely are huge, but intensity is like by far number one. Yep. So you're probably going to start seeing more. You might start seeing like bodybuilding getting done in a shorter period of time. Yeah. And I think it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be like the incorporation of like density sets. Yeah. And some of the things that we do in the full body aesthetics program, Mm. if you guys don't know what a density set is, it's like, We'll do like these seven-minute windows where you'll just do as many reps as possible with like 30% of your max. Yep. Because I like the 30 to 85% that Mike, that Dr. Mike talks about, and I like the seven-minute window because it's like – I just feel like you know if you have seven movements for the session, you do seven-minute windows, you're in and out in an hour. Yeah. So Money. I'm like that's kind of like where I got it from. Um, plus by the time that you do the, the right amount of reps and all the shit, it just winds up being a good solid number. So you go seven minutes, 30% of your max, get as many reps as you can. The muscle's fucking pumped. Um, you're getting a really good workout. It's just not something you can do all the time. And you're kind of sweating too. Do you get the sweaty factor? Yeah. Which is great. The money factor. So because of that, I think we'll, and because of like people all trying to have side hustles and people trying to make more money and like all these different things, I think people are going to want to focus on bodybuilding. They're going to want to get it done in a shorter period of time. So I think we're going to start to kind of, the science is going to start to shift towards getting your bodybuilding routine in a shorter period of time. I think, Community-driven bodybuilding gyms are going to be massive. Um, 
I think the biggest thing on the planet is going to be online community, online communities such as like chalk performance training, um, and people who have online platforms but have a community base because AI is exploding, automated intelligence, and people are going to start getting further and further away from like emotional human connection. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want to be part of a community, mm-hmm. and they're going to want to be part of a smart community that does the right thing and has people that are into the same things. So yeah. they're going to be like. You know, I want to train. I don't want a robot to tell me how to train. I want to go to the gym, but I also don't really know a lot of people there, so I'd like to maybe be part of an online community, and maybe my online community will help me meet someone else while I'm at the gym so we can do the workout together type of yeah. thing. Yeah, And I think that's where everything's going. Yeah, I, I think the ultimate, the ultimate ultimate is you're part of an online community with a great fucking infrastructure, with great training principles, and then you bring that with you to a bodybuilding community, and I think that's the future. I agree, truly. And I'm excited for it. Um, I love community-driven stuff. Yeah. I think it's awesome. That's what really threw me into CrossFit, honestly, at first. was like community. I love the workouts, but I also love that like I could like talk to people and hang out. Because yeah. that's my social thing, right? Like I'm not someone who goes out and drinks and does all that stuff. And if you do, that's perfectly fine. Like That's more normal, apparently, yeah. than what I do. <laughs> you know? Actually, that was the best comment of the podcast right there. Right? But, um, <laughs> apparently, that's more normal. But like... That's what I like to do. So I love being able to go into these gyms or these online communities and this like for me as a professional, help people, right? Like because of these communities, I get to help more people, which is the coolest thing. Um, so I, I'm really pumped for it. And I think the future is good for fitness. And I'm very interested to see how it continually evolves. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I am excited for sure. I, I do think on top of the community-driven online kind of stuff, I think we're going to also start seeing – a little bit more like like places you want to go visit kind mm. of gyms. Yeah. So now you're going to have the community, but you're also going to have – I think these big giant communities are going to create brick and mortars. Yeah, and that's what you had with the CrossFit, right? Like yeah. It was like you had to go see Chalk Gym or you had to go see the Mayhem Gym, right? Yep. Same thing. And now it's like the same thing with like Alphalete Gym and all that stuff because Alphalete's a huge clothing brand. They make a fuck ton of money. They don't need a gym. No. But because I've because of AI, because of the internet, because of the way things are going, and like people doing online programs and all of that, people do want a little bit more connection and want to go to like a really cool spot. So I think I don't want to say that like the big gym that you want to go visit is going to become the thing because I think all the small boutique gyms are they have such a great fucking energy about them, and mm-hmm. it makes you like get excited to go to all these different gyms. And I think going to the bigger gyms might feel kind of chainy. Um, and like not as ideal, but I think what's going to happen is that the brands that are big online will make brick and mortar gyms to kind of bring together the, like the reality portion, (laughs) like the real reality portion, like the emotional human connection portion is the word I'm looking for. It's also just that, like that experience. Yeah. Like I've been a part of this community, but I've never got to meet anyone. And then you go there and it like almost ties it all together for you. It's like, yep, this is who I am and this is what I'm supposed to be a part of. Yeah. You know, one more thing I'm going to say, we're going to, we're going to get out of here pretty soon just because I feel like we've, we just nailed this and I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is, um, I, I see, and we'll go on your predictions here as well. I'm going to go power building is going to start taking, taking a a really big shift. I think a lot of people are going to start mixing together power building and bodybuilding. What I like about power building also is the power building. So the way that we make power building is we go one week of powerlifting followed by one week of bodybuilding and alternate weeks. Pretty much. Yep. And then on the powerlifting weeks, the session's pretty short. Mm -hmm. It's like an hour. 
Yeah. And then like the bodybuilding ones are like probably like closer to 90 minutes because there's more stuff to do. Yep. Um, so I think that's another reason why power building is going to kind of start to take off because you do have shorter sessions. And the constant variance, right? And the constant variance. Yep. Uh, another thing that I'm actually going to throw out there is I think interval weight training is going to come back. Because interval weight training was from the 1970s to early 80s, and they say you have about a 22-year cycle. Mm. So I think what you're going to start seeing is more of the functional style training being built out into a more like structured approach where it's like IWTs for you guys who don't know. It's interval weight training, which is like five to ten repetitions of something into a monostructural movement. So it would be something like five power cleans into a two-minute row. And then rest like two minutes and do three sets of that. And then you'd have your strength movement, which would be like five back squats into like a two-minute assault bike for, you know, three sets. And then that would be like a two-minute rest in between that. And then you'd have like your bodybuilding portion, like, you know, arms and shoulders after that. Or you do like a like a 10-to-1 ladder of like strict pull-ups and strict handstand push-ups. It's like a little like kind of like little Metcon kind of thing after. Mm-hmm. Because that's actually how CrossFit started way, way back in the day. And then they just started shortening the windows, putting more intensity and all that stuff in. But I see the people who've been doing CrossFit for the last 15 years who don't want to give up on the conditioning part going to something like that. Mm. And maybe it takes off because we start putting it into the app and people are like, fuck, this is dope. And it starts to take off. But I do see people wanting to add in conditioning of some sort. Yep. And if it's not that, I see hybrid training in general taking off. That was going to be my thing. Yeah. So you, you took that from me. So the way that I'm going to say hybrid is I'm going to say three days of full body training, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. and then like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday of conditioning only. Mm. I'm not mixing together the lifts. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not mixing together the lifting and the cardio because I don't think people are going to have time for it pretty soon. Yeah. I think people are going to want to just do th- two different things. Yeah. Yeah, my prediction was going to be the hybrid athlete is what they're kind of calling themselves these days. Yeah. At the extremists, we see guys who are doing ultra running, ultra running, and actually like squatting like six hundred pounds. Like there's this, has someone done that? Yeah. Who? Yeah, this guy like Frederick Douglas or something like huh. that over in somewhere in Europe. There are there like Nick Bear is another guy who could probably run an, a marathon and squat like five hundred pounds like at the same time. It's, I don't think he's good at squatting. He's good at deadlifting. He's a good deadlifter. Yeah, yeah like but yeah, he's probably good. Yeah, but there's guys like that. I'm listening to um, like Mark Bell. Uh, I know yeah. you're a fan yeah. of this as well. Um, he's because he's getting into running, mm-hmm. so he started to obviously he's a big time power lifter, right? Or was, and so now he's getting these athletes who do both because he wants their opinion on things. Because the big thing was you can't do both. That's what you were told for. As, I don't know, 40, 50 years until CrossFit came around, and you did see these guys um, be able to do both simultaneously. And we're starting to see this, and I think it's kind of trendy. I think it's cool. It's too extreme for me. I'm not going to do both of those things. Um, it's, just, it's, that's, it's your whole life. It's your whole life. You're, yeah. It's five hours of training a day. You yeah, know? it's like, too much. You can't do that. Um, but I do think the conditioning aspect, like you were saying, is going to come into our training because one thing that a lot of ability builders in the past have neglected is their health. And so I think it's important that we preach to younger people that, you know, this conditioning aspect does help you live a better life, right, and a longer life. So I do think there's a healthy balance between the two that we need to find still. I've always liked the quote. um, It's just a Twitter post that I saw. It was just like, lift weights for a better life, do cardio for a longer life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dope. Yep, that's the truth. (laughs) So you just got to – now we got to find the balance between the two so we can live a really great long life. One thing that is interesting is everybody wants to – Work out in a shorter time window and get better results. Mm. 
But you tell someone that they can work out three days a week on the right plan, and they're like, nope. I, know. I need to work out four or five days a week. I'm like, motherfucker, you wanted to lift less. <laughs> I told you how to lift less. Yeah. Like, just do a full body routine three days a week. You're going to look amazing. And you can then add your cardio in on the other days. Yeah. Um, and it's all about intensity. I think what's interesting is someone like Dorian Yates apparently only worked out three to four days a week. Yeah. Like, if you look at his old split, it was four days a week, and it was like 45 minutes. Yeah. But it was pure hell. Yeah. Yeah. And he would say every single time, he's like, dude, I, I was a huge component of three days a week, but I only did four days a week because of Mr. Olympia. Yeah. But he was like, I'm all about three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, I mean, that's fucking all time. Like, that's so fucking dope that you can go in three. Like, dude, could you imagine? Could you? I mean, just the energy of the thought of it is making me get giddy. Is like, could you imagine only working out three days a week? Like, if I only worked out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would feel bad for the gym. Yeah, like, I would go in like a fucking raving savage. A horse. Dude, like... oh my god. I've actually been wanting to try it so badly, like go in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I would still go in Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and probably do like a, a breather. Because yeah. like when you go breathe, like you're not really going to breathe for more than 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's not debilitating on your body. No, not if you do it correctly. Yeah, so it's like I've, I've genuinely – it's so – I'm the person who feels like it's you know not going to work for him. Yeah. It's like I I truly want to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday and just see how my body looks. Yep. And then do a Tuesday, Thursday or even a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday conditioning only and just see how I look. Yeah. I just want to see how I look. I'll just get so bummed if I don't look <laughs> if I start to fade away. Yeah. Um and one of the things that bothers me is like I can't really do a lot of compound lifts just because of my limitations of my my knees all fucked up and stuff. So like I can't really squat. I can only like lunge. So because I can only lunge, you know, I I I I feel a little bit more like prone to like wanting to do like knee extensions and hamstring curls and stuff to kind of keep my muscle on. Yeah. So I think if I could, if I could back squat, deadlift, you know, bench press, do all the compound movements three days per week, I would be very confident in doing three days. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because I can't do all that stuff. It's it's a little harder for me, but I do think I can split squat so much that that might be cool for me. Yeah. Like that's a squat. Yeah. The way you split squat. I mean, yeah, I split squat a lot. Yeah. I can do like, for those of you who don't know, I could do like one thirties for like sets of like six to eight reps on each leg with dumbbells. With dumbbells, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah make sure you put that. And on. I've actually, I've actually barbell split squatted uh, like three hundred pounds for sets of five on each leg. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is pretty nuts. Yeah, it's awesome. Which would say I should do like a six hundred pound squat, but I can't. <laughs> My best squat ever is like five fifteen. So something like that, five twenty five. Yeah, it's monsters. Well, right on, man, dude. This was fucking great. Another good one. Yeah, I really think we're. I think I think actually at the end of our projections, I think the hybrid thing is probably going to be. A big one. But I still think the aesthetics is – that's where we're at. Yeah. And I think it's cool. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Guys, thank you for hanging out with us. I think that you guys are going to get a lot out of this, and I think that you should share it with some of your friends. I think you should probably listen to it again. And I think that if you guys need help with your training, you should definitely check us out at Chalk Performance Training. Um, all you need to do is check out the link in our bio on Instagram. Don't go to chalkperformancetraining.com because it's going to send you to a page. It's going to show you the gym and then online, and you're going to be like, I don't know which one I want to do. <laughs> and it's like, well, obviously, you don't live near the gym, so don't worry about it. Go online. Uh, go to the Chalk Performance Training Instagram. Go to the Ryan Fish Instagram. Uh, click the link in the bio. When you click that link, you're going to get seven days free to check it out. We have power building programs. We have the strength conditioning program for those of you who love to breathe. And the full body aesthetics program is like, you know, it's like 70% of the app right now. It's insane. People are loving, loving full body training. And what I like about full body training is just the simple fact that you only do one exercise per body part per training session. You don't get nearly as sore. There are a little bit longer sessions in the gym for sure, just because you're doing so much stuff. 
Um, but you have more intensity for each movement. I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Um, and then in addition to that, it's just a different way to train, which I think is super fun. And then on top of that, we have one-on-one coaching. If you guys ever need one-on-one coaching, you want me to build something specific to you. You want Tommy to build something specific to you. You want someone on the chalk form training team to build shit for you. Like you just want bigger arms, bigger shoulders. You know, you want the hybrid style program. You want, you know, something very, very specific. We can absolutely build that. Um, but it needs to be on the one-on-one side. But you also get a coach. You also get custom nutrition. You get all sorts of stuff. So a lot of cool stuff on the coaching, uh, on the Chalk VIP side of things. And again, if you guys ever have any questions, shoot us a DM. Tommy's Instagram is? Tommy underscore Pomatico, P-O-M-A-T-I-C-O. And then mine, as you guys know, Ryan Fish, R-Y-A-N-F-I-S-C-H. Also, one last thing. I just launched a new YouTube. It's called Melt Fat, and it's about my meat and fruit diet. And it's basically just me in my kitchen just breaking down how I like to eat, um, and this new you know, style of eating that I've been doing for a while that I've been really liking a lot. You guys can check it out. It's on my YouTube channel, Ryan Fisher. See you guys soon, and I'll see you next week. Hope you guys love this podcast. Share it with as many people as possible. I'd appreciate that.